Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza, and it is a beautiful morning this time around because I am recording this a couple of, well, I guess a day later after our usual recording time, and that is because I wanted to get one specific show and that was barely added to their streaming service um, yesterday, I believe. And that was the Stardom Cinderella Tournament Day 2. This was the quarter and semifinals. Or, yeah, I guess like second round and quarterfinals, actually, because we still have the semifinals left. Um, but yeah, because of that, I am recording this slightly later than usual. But we still got everything that we need to talk about. We got Stardom, we got Impact, we got DDT. And so let's get to it. And we may as well start with Stardom Cinderella Tournament. This took place at Coracanol with audience, which I don't know exactly how it works. Uh, I thought that shows with people were just like straight up canceled or not canceled, but like just couldn't have people. But I guess um, Stardom got 500 people in the building to Coracan. I also noticed because I started like doing some research on what promotions had had shows with people, and I think I saw Noah had people with in Coracan also, um, and I think there was another show. It may have been either Wave or Pure J. They had uh, some fans too. I think Tokyo Joshi had fans on the Shinkiba first ring, so I guess I wasn't fully uh informed of about just like which like what are the limitations i guess in having people in the venues like they're obviously still all masked up and uh not shouting or anything but i i kind of expected that there there was just straight up no fans but maybe if it's because uh if it's only 500 people it's not that bad i don't know but anyway that is uh, not important for this specific show. This took place on the 14th of May, so a couple of days ago. But as we know, Stardom usually takes forever to upload their shows to their uh, service. And I guess they do edit in all the promos and they do subtitle everything. So I shouldn't complain as much. But I like sometimes I just, I just want to watch the show when it happens because it's really hard to stay spoiler free. Uh, when it comes to stardom but here we go the show started with a future of stardom title tournament first round match so a uh, quick backstory sayaida the former now future of stardom champion uh was injured she is out of commission for a while and because of that on may the 10th uh the title was vacated and so there's going to be I believe a seven-person tournament uh, to crown a new future of Stardom champion. I I don't actually know the participants. I haven't seen the brackets. I I didn't even find the the article where they announced it. But for what it seems, um, it's just going to be a single elimination tournament when probably someone. Is getting a buy, and then maybe we get a uh, 
a three-way at the end. I don't know. But for this match, it was Mina Shirakawa defeating Ruaka in, in, in around five minutes. It was, a, it was an okay match. Uh, Shirakawa is really seems to be working on her strong style <laughs> she's starting to go really all in on, on striking so it's it's good and rock is just like um she uses more of her powerhouse um uh, i guess like i wouldn't say arsenal at this point but just like her style she she's leaning more into powerhouse uh but it was an okay match uh shirakawa won with a, with a what's it called the Oh my god, I forgot. It's a diving forum. <laughs> yeah, it was a diving forum. And I don't know. Like not much to say really about this match. Uh I'm just more interested in see like the bracketing of the tournament. And I, I would imagine the other people involved are um like probably Lady C, uh Saya. I mean Saya. Uh what's uh Unagi Sayaka uh, I don't know if Rina and, and Hina and Hanan would be there because they've been here for a while. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the best they can do, I guess. I, this is probably all for sure means that Sayai that's going to be out of commission for a while. So that sucks. Uh, the next match was a four-way. Natsuboy versus Tam Nakano versus Hanan versus Lady C. So we have... The white belt champion Tamakano and the high speed champion Natsuboy versus two arguably uh, green rookies, and so because of that, like most of the match was weighted on Tamakano versus Natsuboy with Lady C and Hanan just kind of like having spots here and there, uh, but it was mostly Natsuboy and Nakano. And the feeling that I get from this match is that they want to do more Natsuboy versus Nakano going forward. Um, we they had their like their the their match not long ago uh where nakano defeated natsupoi in a really really dominant way actually and so i think that's why they like for instance they give the win here to natsupoi uh she got a sisters roll up on lady c and i think it's because they want to just slightly give natsupoi some wins uh while nakano is around and so maybe they can build to a rematch and i wouldn't be bad about it that was one of the best matches of uh stardom's year and one of the best matches probably in japan or the world um not support versus nakano it was a lot of people's favorite uh so i wouldn't be opposed to watching a second one with more time um for either champion i wouldn't mind Next up, we had Queen's Quest, the team of Asumi, Hina, and Momo Watanabe versus Oedo Tai, uh, the team of Fukigen Dev, Konami, and Natsuko Tora. So this one's just like the people who were eliminated from the tournament. And this was a... Uh, this was... Okay. Uh, it was a fun match. Uh, it was really just Konami being the most amazing wrestler uh in the world versus queen's quest um like dota did her shtick fuki and death was mostly in there like for a couple of spots and the finish but it was konami that was just like it didn't matter if she teamed up with asumi hina or watanabe it was just like great stuff um this the the match saw 
like initially Asumi was the baby face in peril. Watanabe got the hot tag and then Hina just came in for the finish, which was Fukiken death. Getting a small package on Hina after there was like I wouldn't say a ref bump, but it was like a really like a small ref uh stumble. And with that distraction, Natsuko Tora hit Hina with a chair in the back, and then Death got the roll-up pin. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Uh, I guess my, my only comment about here is that for someone that's still being dragged around with a, like, a collar, uh, Fuki and Death really, really <laughs> enjoys wrestling along with Oilotai. So I think she may have developed some Stockholm Syndrome, like... In a, in a week <laughs> and next up we actually go into the tournament and this is where it gets good like it gets really really good uh, we had like I said the court the second round matches and the semi and the quarter uh, finals because if we remember correctly uh, Unagi Sayaka and Himeka had uh, passes for the second round and so we were able to to pack in slightly more matches for this show. Uh, the only thing in this show that uh, was slightly effed up was that Rina is also out of commission. And so her match with Mayu Watani was uh, obviously a forfeit. And so we didn't get that match. We went straight into Mayu Watani versus Himeka. And as I said, Himeka was the one that had like the, the pass, the bypass. But... Uh, going back to the first Cinderella tournament match of the night. And this was the match of the night. Starlight Kid versus Saya Kamitani with Saya defeating Starlight Kid. And damn, this was brutal. Uh, it was just like action-packed, fast-paced, like really close to being a high-speed match. Um some of the striking and especially like everything that like stumps like foot stomps or anything that has to do with gravity looked super brutal um it was just like two like this two women you know going at it and like with all the energy they had uh there was a bunch of great near falls towards the end um there was one over the top rope where it was similar to how uh, Saya defeated, uh, like she won her match in the previous round. Uh, but in this case, uh, Starlight Kid was about to uh, eliminate her and Saya survived. And then we also just had like a couple of rounds of just doing them uh, roll-ups and reversals and counters until one of them actually gave Kamitani the win. And that was it. And it was just fantastic. Like it's not a long, long match, but it was so good that, like, it went by really fast. But at the same time, it felt like it went thirty minutes just because of the amount of stuff that they did. And I say that in a in a good way. This was the match of the night. This was like just my favorite match of the night for sure. Um. So yeah, and Saya Kamitami advances, and she will be. Like she goes all the way to the quarterfinals, she gets a bye. Uh, well, to the semifinals, she gets a bye. Uh, and then we have the Cinderella Tournament 2021 second round match between Julia and Micah. And surprisingly, well, I guess surprisingly, Micah defeated Julia. 
and again this was great uh this was also slightly like act i would say action-packed not not as fast-paced as the previous match but this was action-packed uh micah working you know her her submission style julia working more as like the big move style with a lot of striking also in between and like i wouldn't say like, it was a back and forward match but i wouldn't say it was just like back and forward it felt more like a trading of momentum type of match uh because the like micah did have control over a while and then julia regained control over a while and and then they led into the finish and so i like i, I it felt back and forward but i think uh it was more some more balance i guess because like saya versus keith that was total back and forward <laughs> this was more like slower pace but still like action-packed and the finish actually was incredibly brutal too uh they are the two of them are on the top rope on the turnbuckle they're fighting they're trying to push each other micah takes a uh, like a fall like oh it it was a tease, like, like a near fall, but it just looked brutal just because you don't have enough space to fall. And then she recovers. She tries to superplex Julia off the the corner, also in an incredibly brutal way. And I don't know if it was the intention to drop Julia like kind of like a gutbuster into the turnbuckle or if they just straight up like botched it, but julia came down and she went head first into the turnbuckle she was busted open it was like just miracle gratuitous blood and after that My micah kicked her off the ring altogether for the win and after that you just have the visual of a pissed off well it's kind of like it's it's like pissed off but not really pissed off at micah just pissed off at herself for losing but she's happy for micah and she just has like blood like starting to come down around her eyes and her nose and it was just like a, a gnarly uh, visual and after that they both uh, celebrate together because they're 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 partners you know um but it was good uh like there really wasn't much else to say about the match uh, julia came out with a long black and silver wig she looked fantastic i mean she looks fantastic either way uh, and Micah, I don't know if I missed something from the build-up because she, she didn't mention it in the in the promos. But uh, I don't know if I missed anything from the build-up on why she had the the wig. Uh, maybe it's just because Micah does have the best uh, hair in Gianna del Mundo. Fight me! But uh, like Micah pulled the wig off, and I, I I've never seen Julia so sad <laughs> after getting her wig pulled off. But yeah, it was a, another pretty good match. I I wouldn't say it was as good as Cadence and Kamitami. Or, okay, so I would say it was as good as it, but it wasn't my favorite as Kamitami and Kid. It was just like right there, but just slightly a notch below. But still, a fantastic, fantastic match. So, so far, like the Cinderella tournament is delivering. Next up, we have Sudi versus Utami Hayashita. And this match has also a slight backstory. Uh, both women have been, uh, I wouldn't say antagonizing each other, but maybe challenging each other. Uh, Sudi wants a, a shot for the red title. 
Hayashishita wants to fight Suri and is willing to put the red title on it on the line, but um, it just hasn't come to fruition because the tournament got on the way. And so at this point, it's like Hayashishita has promised that if she wins the tournament, she will challenge or nominate Suri. Uh, Suri has promised that if she wins the the tournament, then she will challenge Hayashishita for the title. And of course, spoilers for the rest of the show, both women are now eliminated uh, because realistically you don't need like, okay, so in this match, Suri defeated Hayashishita by over the top rope elimination after a huge kick. But after that, you don't really need to have either woman win the, the tournament. You can just have someone else win the tournament and challenge uh, Nakano and then just let these two fight each other because, you know, they they, they want to fight each other. Um, so the, the match itself was actually quite smartly paced because if you are teasing that these two want to fight each other for the title, then there's no point in spoiling or exposing a lot of their stuff. And so this match was short. It was super slow paced. It was like watching the first five minutes of a 30 minute match. Uh, we had Suri uh, display that she can dominate Hayashishita with her submission work. And we had Hayashishita, sorry, uh, display that she can dominate Suri with her big spot, uh, big move type of work. And then after that, they just went to the finish, which was them getting into a fight in the apron which ended with Suri kicking the shit out of Hayashishita and Hayashita went down to the floor and so like I think this is really positive because they didn't really spoil anything of an actual match it was just like some submission work uh, that I wouldn't really think that much of it like I said I think it felt like the first five minutes of a 30 minute match and then you have Suri win over Hayashishita, so she has a win. Even if it's over the top rope, uh, it is a win over Hayashishita. But at the same time, it's an over the top rope win. It doesn't tell you that uh, Suri actually has Hayashishita's number at any given time. If it was a submission or pinfall type of match, you still can believe that Hayashishita can defeat Suri. And so uh, they're building to this match. Uh, I thought this match was a really, really good tool to build that specific match. After the, the match itself, uh, Suri cut a promo just pretty much saying like, I know I defeated you over the top rope, but I hope that's enough to, to make a challenge for the title. And Kayashita said like, hey, I, it's a, a loss is a loss. And I am the champion. I lost as a champion. And so I... I will put the title up for sure, but, but I like, she didn't want to accept the challenge officially right there because she wanted to see how the rest of the tournament played out. Um, and I guess it makes sense, you know, like Hayashita, as much as she might, wants to fight Suri, she may want to wait for Suri to win the tournament. She may want to see if someone else wins the tournament and and so it just kind of makes sense. Um, so at this point of the writing, I was still like, I, I still felt like this tournament was Suri's tournament. She's just had like an amazing, she had an amazing 2020 and she's been just great in 2021. So 
it just kind of felt you know like this is series time toward the dress but i was wrong but before i can say that i was wrong we had mayo iwatani versus himeka and call it an upset because this was a night of upsets this tournament has been a tournament of upsets himeka defeated mayu iwatani but it, it unfortunately wasn't clean she did have the help of oedo tai because uh for this match like two or three minutes in oedo tai interfered they started to pull iwatani out of the ring uh the referee just kind of said like you two like fuck off <laughs> or i mean to to Edo tai and it was pretty much restarted iwatani versus himeka and the match itself uh the the story of the match was that iwatani started really strong she was actually like super serious she even attacked himeka when himeka offered a a handshake and so it just seemed like iwatani is ready to kick ass and then the other tie uh spot happened and after that it was kind of like the whole thing uh cut off iwatani's momentum and himeka got control of the match and she just dominated iwatani for a couple of minutes uh until iwatani just made one of her comebacks there where she's like all desperate trying to look for pins or super kicks and she started to come close to to getting the win she actually went for the moonsault and that's when natsuko tora uh attacked her again she fell into the apron over the top rope and himeka uh, kicked her off the apron and so it is in a way a Himeka win but it was an Oedotai assisted win um, after the match Oedotai like beat up Himeka and Natsupoi and Iwatani and Starlight Kid I think those were the ones that were outside but Himeka and Natsupoi was just to get rid of them and to send them back uh, because the, the ring kind of had to belong to Oedotai and Iwatani and what happens now at Oedotai, especially Natsuko Tora told Iwatani that the war is not over, that they've, they're coming for Kid and then they're coming for Iwatani. And she says that she's going to break Iwatani's neck. And suddenly, a new member of STARS joins the fight. And that is Koguma, uh, who took pretty much just jumped in and took out Oedotai single-handedly. Uh, and if you don't know Koguma, she actually goes back a couple of years. I don't think she's been in the promotion for about six or seven, no, like six years. Uh, she is a former uh, high-speed champion. She defeated Yoshirai in 2015. And she's also a former artist champion, uh, the, the trios, along with Chelsea Green and Kairi Hojo. Uh, also around 2015 uh, I don't think she actually dropped those titles I think she vacated those titles uh, but yeah like she she's not a like she's 23 years old but she already has like about six or seven years of experience so we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see how the how she does um, I, I, I can't really tell you that I've been I've seen her in the last, like, since she left Stardom. And so I don't know what her abilities, if she has improved or if she has been just, like, uh, doing something else. I, I don't know. 
but uh i don't know it's it's a good addition an interesting addition to stars and it's it's also kind of interesting because it just tells me that they're not even gonna try to get Fugi and Dev back. <laughs> it just it just kind of seems like oh okay well we're gonna replace you, uh, but yeah, uh, the only bad thing about this whole thing is that, I mean it being Japan, there were some uh, weight issues, uh, weight issue jokes, uh, because Koguma is a larger uh, lady. And so that was quite unnecessary. Uh, the jokes actually came from both Natsukotora and Iwatani, like with different sentiment, but still, it's just like completely, completely unnecessary. And now we do actually get into the main event of this show. And this was in an incredible upset. Unagi Sayaka, the underdog of underdogs, defeated. Siri, the ass kicker and I wasn't expecting this like I said uh, like just two matches ago I expected Siri to win the whole thing just because of like who was left and well there you have it uh, Unagi Sayaka defeated Siri uh, by over the top rope elimination but it was uh, it was similar to the way that Siri eliminated um uh, Shishita. It was actually pretty much the same thing. Just a kick that knocked the, the wrestler out of the ring. Uh, the match of the night. Um, well, I mean, the main event of the night. Um, I, I I can't really say that it was like the best match or anything like that. Because Unagi Sayak is still not a, the best wrestler. But what she does, she does okay. And her her role as an underdog is pretty good. The, the match itself saw her like actually jump Sudi and she was just desperate to get a quick win because she she knows that if the match uh, goes on and if Sudi manages to get control or just gain momentum, she's not going to be able to stop Sudi. And so she jumps Sudi, she starts attacking, but eventually Sudi does uh regain control of the match and she starts working over sayaka with submission stuff and just trying to get like the a submission or a pin but she's just not able to do it eventually the match spills to the apron as many have and siri's still under control she's just kicking the shit out of sayaka and suddenly sayaka dodges siri kicks the ring post and she's like hurt sayaka survives a couple spots she starts to also come back and then she just manages to land a kick that pushes Yuri off the ring and Sayaka wins and advances to the next to the semifinals and I don't know like it's really nice to see Sayaka get these wins because I I really like Sayaka like I really like her her energy and so uh, it's just to see. It's just nice to see her get some wins here and there, uh, <clears throat> and especially because like she was someone that I wasn't expecting that was gonna go long in the tournament. I kind of figured she's gonna get her first win, but then she's gonna lose. And like the the win is pretty strong. It's probably gonna be like uh, she's gonna be get better wins at the Grand Prix. But no, uh, she she actually manages to defeat Yuri in advance. And so I don't know. It's good. And and the one thing here is that with Siuri losing to Sayaka, 
and not win a tournament. I do wonder if that's going to be like a bump in the road for Suri versus Hayashita to happen. But I kind of feel like that would be really out of character for Hayashita to like dodge Suri. So I think that's still going to happen. And I'm guessing the winner is just going to chase Tam Nakano. And, and for that matter, like the, the semifinals right now, it's going to be Unagi Sayaka versus Maika, which I would imagine Maika wins. And then on the other side, we have Himeka versus Sayaka Mitani. And I, that one, I would imagine Saya wins. And so I'm guessing we're going to get Saya versus Maika for the finals. And at that point, I would probably give the win to Saya. But I think either women are a really strong contender to win the whole thing. Um, and I think, like, I, I guess I would give it to Saya so she can challenge Nakano. Uh, because Michael already challenged Hayashishita, but yeah, like I, I, I'm expecting that's going to be the finals. I'm, I'm pro probably gonna put my, my bets on Saya getting the whole, the getting the dress, and that was it for the show. Like it was a really, really good show. Like the all of the tournament matches were great, and even the non-title matches were pretty good. Um, like just a, a bell to bell great show. Uh, I was really, really glad that I uh, waited a little bit just to get the show in because it was totally worth it. And since it took place on the 14th, I just knew that if I waited another week, uh, like it was just going to be like really old news. And so I really wanted to get it in. So, yes, I would totally recommend go watch this show. Another show that we watched in Japan this last weekend was the Ultimate Tag League from DDT in Sendai. Uh, this was a full show, but it really it was just about two matches, the, the Ultimate Tag League matches. The rest of the card wasn't really noteworthy, nor it was like particularly like get out go out of your way to watch the show. Uh, quick rundown. Uh, Hideki Okatani and Keigo Nakamura defeated Akito and Toi Kojima. Kazuki Hirata and Saki Akai defeated Dan Shokudino and Shunma Katsumata in the comedy match of the night. Uh, Disaster Box, Harashima, Naomi Yoshimura and Toru Owashi defeated Yuki Ino, Yuki Onaja and Yusuke Okada. And they seem to be building Naomi Yoshimura versus Ino uh, for... They they kind of like teased that it was gonna be like for this for Joshimura's spot at the King of DDT, but given that he's already announced, like I don't think he's going to be replaced. Um, and then we have the Sananakamina team of Konosuke Takeshita, Mao, and Yuki Oweno defeat Damnation, Matt Polly, Somatakao, and Tetsuya Endo. That was like probably the match of the night, actually. Um, just. Six guys got going all out and they have 15 minutes. So they were able to like get every type of pair up. They did put some heavy weight on Yuki Weno versus Somatakao, Mao versus Endo and Takeshita versus Pauly. So good match. And then the actual tag league 2021 matches. We had Eruption, Kasusada Higuchi and Yukio Sakaguchi defeat Antonio Honda and Chris Brooks. The match itself, it was okay. Uh, 
last week we we complained that Antonio Honda needs to find a different shtick in addition to what he does. And in this match, uh, they did kind of play around with that. Um, instead of Honda being the one doing the shtick uh, twice, it was actually Sakaguchi who did it first. And then later on, Honda did it. So it was like a nice change. Uh, we had to see Honga, Honga, Honda versus Higuchi in what I would say, like in the most Honda way, was a serious match, a serious, uh, like serious wrestling, but like with an asterisk that says in the most Honda way. And that was it, really. Like Brooks was just kind of in there. Uh, he did some stuff with Higuchi, but it wasn't like anything special. And with this loss, um, Honda and Brooks are already three matches in. I think they only have one match left. And I think that's the the Sanana Kamina match. And so with this match eliminated, they're, I mean, with this match loss, uh, they're pretty much eliminated. They're not officially eliminated because <clears throat> they can still, like the thing here is that they can only achieve four points and Eruption already has four points. So they would need Eruption uh, to lose everything that's left, they would need damnation to only like either lose everything or at least they can only achieve one. No, actually, no, they have to lose everything too because damnation has a win over Honda and Brooks. So it's just gonna be incredible for for Honda and to Brooks to get it a a win at this point. So I think we can say they're they're eliminated, just not officially. And for that matter, we go into the second match uh, of the tournament. This this show was Junretsu, Junakiyama, and Makoto Ishii defeating Damnation, Daisuke Sasaki, and Juji Hino. Uh, this match actually was quite underwhelming. Um, I just wasn't into it. Uh, Sasaki, like he has good nights and he has bad nights, and this was just like an off night for him. And then the whole match built around Akijama and Ino being in the same, like in the ring together. And it was also kind of underwhelming. Uh, it was just like a couple of the slaps and like a little bit of like slams, but nothing really special. And then Oishi was just uh, the baby face in Pearl for like, pretty much for the whole match. He's the only one who sold. And so I don't know, it was kind of underwhelming. Oishi got the win over Sasaki. Uh, but again, Ives, it was a win that Jun Akijama set up for, for Ishii to win. So, I don't know. I think the whole thing was kind of underwhelming the match. Uh, it actually went uh, less time that Eruption versus Honda and Brooks. So, that probably tells you a little bit. Uh, nonetheless, it wasn't... I wouldn't say it was a bad match. It was just... It was good, but I just wasn't into it. Uh, maybe I just was, like, way more... Looking forward to seeing Hino and Akiyama in the ring together. But yeah, that was the show. Uh, th that was just it, really. This took place on the Sendai Pit, which is a new venue in in Sendai, obviously. And they actually had about 200 fans. I don't think Sendai is in lockdown, uh, as, at least as heavy lockdown. So they were able to get people in. Uh, but yeah, that was it. And I, I don't know, like... Like I think I said this the, the last week too. Like DDT right now feels like they're stalling until Cyberfight to really do anything big because uh, 
I mean, Akijama's locked in with Harashima, and then like Takeshita's locked in with Kiyomiya. So we have like a couple of things like that that are locked in. And so it, it just, just feels like we're stalling for time right now. And then you have Akiyama in the tournament, but not Harashima, so they cannot meet. Um, stuff like that. You have like Sanana Kamina versus Damnation matches over and over again, which I don't complain about those, but it, it just feels like stalling. And the tournament itself, you know, it's been okay. I don't think it's the best combination of teams that you could have for the Ultimate Tag League. Like, I think Eruption is good, Junretsu is good, and the Sanana Kamina team is good, but then Honda and Brooks is not a good team. And this specific Damnation team, I don't like it either as much. I think it should have been like Somataka or Hino or Endo and Hino, but I'm just like not crazy about Sasaki and Hino as a team. But yeah, uh, we'll see what happens next. Uh, I think they have a, a show coming up really soon too with more tournament matches. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, and the only other show that we watched this week, but that was this was in the United States. This was Impact Wrestling's Under Siege 2021. A, a okay show, de decent show. Uh, I... There was one match that I would totally just recommend you go out of your way to match to watch, but the rest of the show was just passable, or not passable. It was good, just like it's skippable. I think it's the word I was looking for. Uh, quick rundown of the results: We saw Brian Myers defeat Black Torres. Uh, okay match, under ten minutes. Uh, I mean, both guys are just great. Uh, we saw Taylor Wilde and Daniel Dashwood defeat Kimberly and Susan. This was under five minutes. This was just a means to an end. The The end is to get Wild versus Dashwood. And so uh, this was just like kind of like adding fuel to the fire. I would imagine Dashwood versus Wild takes place out against all odds so that we get Wild versus Parasso at Slammiversary. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, we have the Fallout episode this week, so we'll probably get more on that this week. We had an Impact World Tag Team title number one contendership four-way match. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton defeated the team of Petey Williams and TJP, the team of Rohi, Raju, and Shira, and the team of Triple XL, Ace Romero, and Larry D. A uh, pretty good match, actually. It was like... This was like so uniquely paced considering, like especially like for an American promotion, uh, what they did is that they actually gave us three matches. They gave us Pity Williams and TJP versus Rohi Raju and Shira, where uh, Pity Williams was the baby facing Pearl. Then they gave us Pity Williams and TJP versus Ace Austin and Man Fulton, where TJP was the baby facing Pearl. And then at the end, it just was like the, the four-way tornado thing with everyone coming in and out. It was like so uniquely paced because like when I say they gave us TJP and Williams versus uh, Fulton and Austin, I specifically mean those were the only two teams working. And like there was a couple of tags and the hot tags and everything. And it was just those two teams working. The other teams were just on the apron waiting. So I was like so uniquely paced. I really love that that factor about that match. I, 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 it just felt new and it felt like nicely paced. It didn't feel like they were just trying to get their shit in. So I really like that. 
Uh, and we are going to be getting Ace Austin versus Matt Monfulton. I mean, Ace Austin and Fulton versus Finchus. I will talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we had Dudley Morrissey defeat Willie Mack in over 10 minutes. I think it was like around 12 minutes, which was way longer than expected. I thought this was going to be either a hoss fight or a squash match. And I guess it was something in between because it was like a really extended hossy squash match. Uh, but Mac did get a lot of offense in. But it, even if Mac got a lot of offense in, at the end, it still looked like a super dominant win for Morrissey. So good for him. Um, as for being impressed... No, I, I, I'm not impressed by Morrissey's really. Uh, like, I'm not the biggest Willie Mack fan nowadays, but Morrissey just, I I don't know. Like, I don't think he's good in longer matches, maybe with the right guy. Um, but I know I just felt like this should have just been a squash match. <laughs> I don't think we needed to go that, that long. Uh, we had Fire and Flava, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles defeat Jordan Grace and Rachel Erring to regain the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. This was a pretty good match. It was actually far better than the Rebellion match. I I think they got like a couple of minutes uh, extra in this match compared to the one they had um, at Rebellion. So it probably just allowed them to to have like slightly more time to do stuff. The the story of the match is that Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles have been teasing Jordan Grace that she is the weak link of the team and that they have her number and that it's really just Rachel Erring the reason that they lost because they were not preferred for her. And then they come into the the this match and the whole match was actually built around that but the opposite uh, like if they're telling us that Jordan Grace is the weakling, what they did is that they made Rachel Ellering the the babyface in peril, and then they had Jordan Grace be the one with the hot tag, the dominant stuff, and then at the end it just seemed like it was gonna be Jordan Grace getting the win and showing like, oh, see, I'm not the weakling, but then it happens. Tasha Steeles reverses a. I reverses. I think she's going for a superplex uh, Grace and she reverses. She blocks Grace. She drops her, hits the frog splash and wins via pin. I have no idea where this is going to go. Uh, I I have to imagine this means Jordan Grace is going to go into like a slight downward spiral of uh, depression or something where, where she thinks she really is the weakling. Uh, and so that could lead to a a, uh, a heel turn. I doubt it. But against Ellering, this could go into redemption story. I don't know. I don't know where it's gonna go. But it was. I was not expecting this finish. Uh, it was really, really interesting to see. Just, just to have you know the the heels actually prove that they were right. That they have indeed Jordan Grace's number. <laughs> Uh, so good, good, good. Uh, I really like this match actually. That, that was actually probably like one of the sec the. It wasn't like the best match, but it was probably one of the like the my favorite matches of the night. Uh, then we had the actual match of the night, my favorite match of the night, and the match of the night. Josh Alexander defeated El Fantasmo to re to retain the X Division Championship, and this was just fantastic. 
Um, the story of the match is that Alexander is a better wrestler and stronger than El Fantasmo, ELP. But ELP is just like so, he's such a troll and he's so hard to counter and he's so hard to anticipate what he's going to do that he just kept uh, cutting off Alexander and worked on Alexander's limbs, the both arms, until like Alexander just kind of like snap, woke up and started going for the ankle lock until he submitted uh, ELP. And I don't know, it was just like, it was really good action. Like it wasn't like super fast paced, but it was like a, a nice pace. Um, the idea of the story was really great where it just, it, they're so, they're so different from each other, Alexander and, and El Fantasmo. And just like, I guess like the, the core of their style Alexander's like a fighter's a champion champion a fighter um and he is technical and strong and El Fantasma is like this guy who's kind of tricky you know that he has an alleged loaded boot that he seemed to use several times he was never able to properly land the super kick and that's probably why he didn't win but uh it's just like a really nice clash of styles and of just core values and so this was my favorite match. This is the match that I would totally recommend you go out of your way to ma to watch uh, for sure. Then we have the Impact Knockouts Championship match with Deanna Parasso defeating Havoc. This match was okay. It kind of felt more as a building block for Deanna Parasso. Uh, she has Lammer Bursary and then she has Triple Mania in sight. So I, we, we, we got to build her a little bit. Um, I mean, not just she needs building. She is a champion. She has been a dominating champion. But this still felt like they were slightly building some things. Uh, and I'm mainly saying that because, granted, I think it happened because because of Havoc's size, Diana Prasa may not be able to get the Venus the Milo locked in or definitely hit Cosa Nostra. And so Diana Prasa ended up winning with Dave Fujiwara Armbar. And it... In a way, it kind of tells you like, oh, she won with her third from the top best moves. Like, that means she was really dominant in this match. And and for that matter, like, the match was really dominant. Uh, she took down Havoc. She kept her down. Havoc kind of made a comeback, but then quickly got brought down again by Parasa and, and submitted. So a really, really strong win for Jana Parasa, even if it's Havoc and Havoc doesn't have, like, that much stake in in the division, I mean, she's still the biggest uh, woman they have. And so it was like a really, really, I, I thought it was a really strong win, just mainly because she wins with the Fujiwara Warmbar. And it just shows that she's, she's still on top, you know. We had Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows. And Edwards and Finn Juice won. The match was okay. Uh, this was like in a similar way to how they, they paced up um, the Fatal 4-Way Tag Match. This was like clearly working to build or to have Finjus versus the Group Brothers and then to have Edwards and Omega kind of like in separate things but still like in the same match. Uh, which is like, you know, maybe some mixes here and there but there was a lot of emphasis on Edwards and Kenny Omega they've had they had two small runs against each other and i mean you have to imagine that that's where 
I mean, that's one of the directions for Kenny Omega to, to wrestle the Eddie Edwards and to have the former IWGP versus former GHC championships match. Um, and the match was okay. I like it was probably one of the like I still thought Alexander versus ELP was better, but this was probably like the second best match of the night. Uh, just because of the people you have involved and you, they got time. They were able to do like some really good stuff. And at the end of the of the show, uh, oh, not the show, like the, the match, <laughs> uh, we saw Finjuice stop a magic killer. Finley hit a stunner on Anderson, pull friction from Robinson, and then a Boston knee party by Edwards for the win. And so Edwards gets the win over the Kenny Omega team. And finally, the main event of the night, the Impact World Championship number one contendership match. Moose, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, Matt Cardona, Chris Saban, and Sammy Callahan going at it. Um, Moose won, which I think it's the right decision, but I also kind of feel like it may be a really soon decision. It just kind of tells me that he's not going to win. Uh, but he looked really dominant. The The match itself was... It was good, but it had a couple of things that I wasn't in, like a big fan of. One specifically was that just out of nowhere, Sammy Callahan starts using chairs, and because I mean, there's no DQ rule, and so I was like, uh, "We didn't really need this. Uh, we don't need weapons in this match." The only thing that I did like from that, or that at least that I appreciated, was that. Because there is no DQ and Callahan was the only one who actually used uh, those type of sh uh, of shtick, then the good brothers came down, attacked Callahan, and they pulled him to the back pretty much. They eliminated him from the match. But since there's no DQs, the ones, the same ones that Callahan had been uh, taking advantage of, so he couldn't get the win because of that. And so that was good. That that I appreciated that slight bit of irony i guess um beyond that like i thought that bay cardona and miguel were just kind of like in and out they i didn't really think they were doing that much like they did stuff especially like miguel and bay together but i don't know i just didn't feel like they were doing much and like Chris Saban was also kind of like here and there, but at least he felt like a big thing at the end because Saban um, got a really, really nice near fall with a cradle shock and it led to the finish where Moose broke the pin. He hit like three lights out on Chris Saban and got the win. And if you remember, uh, Chris Saban had promised that he was going to go after Moose because Moose took out James Storm so there was like some nice little thing there uh, with Moose being the one that, that took out Saban and got the win and so it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Moose at against all odds uh, before the show ended um, after Moose won he did point to the camera and said like we're like I'm going to regain what's ours uh, meaning the titles and the commentary made it like made a huge point that he said ours like he's not this is not moose fighting for what he wants he, or like what he thinks is his 
this is he this is moose fighting to regain what's impacts and so he's fighting for the company <clears throat> and so at this point i mean you just know like if they want to pull the trigger on a moose babyface turn it can be huge if he becomes the guy fighting for the promotion the only bad thing is that this is taking place way too soon this i think this is june the 12th and so it's taking place way too soon for omega to lose the title and i don't think you should turn moose babyface if he's not winning the title and so it is unfortunate they have this this little pot of gold in their hands but they just can't use it or they decided to use it way earlier when it's not as valuable but that was it for the show uh, it was a strong sh it was like i said like it was a, a good show overall it was a good show like the two main events were good alexander versus eop was great and the rest of the show was just like good you know um nothing particularly like uh insulting or bad like the worst of the worst match was the wild and dashwood match and that was because it was like i said a means to an end it was less than five minutes uh like that is building something that is this wasn't the match you know to sell and so like no complaints uh and in addition like this this show alone like they they've been working on this for months now but this show alone cemented that eddie edwards sammy callahan and moose are all contenders and challengers for kenny omega so i think that at that point like the impact has set up the next contenders for the next maybe couple of months um i don't know if there's another impact plus special on july but it is against a lots in june and then slam anniversary on july we do have the the news that eddie edwards right now is fighting uh appendicitis i think it is and so i hope he's not out of commission for a long long time but he may if that is the case, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Callahan versus uh, Omega at Slammiversary, uh, or maybe like Callahan and Moose and versus Omega, something like that. Uh, just because, I, like to me, I would do Edwards versus Omega at Slammiversary and have Omega win, retain. Like I would keep Omega th with the title until Bound for Glory, and so that's a direction. There's also a chance that Callahan doesn't actually go for Omega and he goes for the good brothers. And in that, in that sense, like we would need to find a partner for Callahan, which given the situation in AW, it could be Eddie Kingston. It could be John Moxley. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like there's, there's several things playing together right now. Uh, but this show did build a lot. It set up uh, number one contenders for the tag team titles uh, for the next shows. So that's good. And I guess while we're at it and talking about the next shows, uh, because I think I'm already spoiling some stuff, but I'm looking at the clock and let's go to the impact forecast. Impact wrestling for May 20th. Of 2021, the year we are on. 
we have only three matches announced for what is the fallout from under siege um, they probably didn't want to spoil much stuff because we do have to set up the direction for against all odds but the matches we have announced are rohi raju versus jake something and as we can remember jake uh, rohi raju cost jake something the shot at that well the 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 spot at the six way number one contendership match so there we're getting that uh we have kira hogan versus tenille dashwood and this could be really interesting because I was talking about, I think they're building to Tennille Dashwood versus Taylor Wilde for against all odds, but if Tennille Dashwood gets a win over Kira Hogan here, we may actually build to Wilde and Dashwood versus Kira Hogan and, and Steels at against all odds for the titles instead of doing the one-on-one. -on -one. And if that is the case, then they may be shifting things around so that Diana Parasso doesn't have to challenge Wild or vice versa, uh, Wild challenge Parasso until after Parasso has either won or lost the title to Fabia Pace at Triple Mania. So that's interesting. Uh, this 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 match will be interesting to see just who wins. I don't. I, the match should be good because both women are really good. But uh, I'm really interested to see the finish. And the only other match, probably the main event of the night, is going to be a Impact World Tag Team Championship match. Finn Juice defending against Ace Austin and Matt Man Fulton. Uh, so this came quick. Um, I would imagine it leads to shenanigans that build to against a lot. But we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Austin and Fulton win the titles because Finn just needs to go back to New Japan or because they, they're in Japan and they cannot come back to the US. Uh, but I don't think any of that was planned when this was taped. So again, it's going to be interesting to see who walks out with the championships. But nonetheless, it should be a really fun match. Uh, the combination of Austin versus Finley, for instance, I want to see. And so that is what's announced as of right now for Impact this week. Um, like I said, it's a fallout for Under Siege, so they may just not want to give that much stuff up uh, straightforward. And that is going to be it for this week's episode of WRPX. Again, I apologize for being one day late, uh, but I think it was worth it just to get the Stardom Cinderella show in. That was definitely the best show that I watched this whole week. So I was really, really happy. Totally worth it. Uh, remember to go to Spotify and iTunes where you can find this, uh, this podcast. Leave a like, a, a subscription, a a review. Everything helps. Uh, five stars, four, four and a quarter if, you, if it's not in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, you can go to WRPXpodcast.com where you can also find the podcast. You can go to TheWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the shows that we talk about in this and every other episode of WRPX. Uh, you can find me on Twitter on DWRevolution. You can find me on Instagram as, I think, WRPX Podcast. <laughs> try to remember. And that is it for plugs, I think. Uh, there's probably some that I missed, but we'll talk about those later. I... Thank you for being here with me and listening to the show. Share, subscribe, and we'll talk about this later. Adios. 
Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.